You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and thank you for tuning in to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and we are the flagship podcast of the dynastyfootballfactory.com and we are also proud proud members of the dynasty football network at df underscore network on the twitter machine and before i bring in the man that you all know and love i just want to say hey uh remember if you're interested in writing or doing something in the dynasty and fantasy industry man hit up my boy shane at dff underscore shane on Twitter, that's Shane Manella. That's uh, one of the dynasty OGs out there in the industry and just an amazing good dude. And uh, if you're looking to you know, do what we do and, and, and start a platform, I can't guarantee you a podcast. I can't guarantee you a writing, writing spot, but I can guarantee you uh, an opportunity to interact with a pretty cool guy. And speaking of a pretty cool guy, you know him as the man of the hour, the man with the power. It's Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what is going on? Well, we are in a startup draft right now, Randy, and I am on the clock. It, it, and it, it, I am are? literally I'm I've been staring at my phone the whole time this in this intro's been going on. Randy's giving me the you idiot eyes right now. So I'm trying to fit you know what I think I'm gonna do? There was a guy that I had last year, a little sneaky fella who got drafted by the Ravens. He tore his ACL. I'm gonna take Jaleel Scott. Jaleel we're in the Scott. 20, we're in the twentieth round. He's a big fella. He's he's got a little Emmanuel Hall to him. We're gonna talk about Emmanuel Hall later. A little bit of that sort of game. You know, here's but the other, thing. You 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 couldn't not convince me that Jaleel Scott might not be the wide receiver one in Baltimore. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it maybe. Uh, oh, who was the guy that I was so fond of last year? From oh, Jordan Lasley could be Jordan uh, Lasley. Yeah. You know what people want to tell you? It's Willie Sneed, and those people are liars. <laughs> so listen, uh, before we go any further. I want to thank our one reviewer last week. I didn't see a name. I just saw one review. Thank you so much. Those reviews are really killing it for us, and it's it's really helping the show. So we've got some really cool stuff in store uh, as soon as next week. Next week's show is going to have uh, 
how should I put this? It's going to have a New York state of mind, and I'll just leave it at that. I, I never like to give away guests. Uh, things do happen, but going to be a very cool show next week. And check out our Instagram page. Head over to the IG. We are at Dynasty Warzone. Pretty simple. Uh, Jerry, what's your IG handle? Uh, Jerry Sin DWZ. Jerry Sin DWZ. I have never changed mine. Mine is 185 Memphis. And uh, if you, like I said, if you want to see pictures of my dog, maybe my wife, um, some some random vacation photos. That's about what I use that for right now. But uh, Jerry, uh, anything else? So, so we talked about that startup that we're in. So so what have I been saying all off season? Hey, we're not doing the listener, the listener league till May. Um, I'm I'm not a, a, a pre NFL draft uh, startup guy, and yet here we are. I'm in the middle of a uh, five five player keeper best ball draft. I'm wrapping up this uh, draft with you, an old friend of the show, Nate, JD of the Goat District, uh, John First Ho. time I've ever been in a league with JD, too. J- JD's good people, man. J- he was one of the people that, like you, when I first started on Twitter, were super interactive and super cool with me. And this is actually the first league. So I was excited to see he was in it. So, so, so as this one is about 10 rounds in, uh, I'm in a chat with a, a bunch of other you know dynasty analysts, uh, Tyler Gunther, Casey Kasem. Uh, Michael Sipes, Shane, and uh, our buddies Russ and Brian, uh, Dynasty Outhouse, and Brian Har of the Trade Addicts podcast. They're like, we got to start Trade Addicts Seven. So guess who's doing another startup that started today? Uh, I'll tell tales of that during uh, the Patreon show. That's looking like that might be a little bit sooner than May fifth, but it's definitely going to be the week of May fifth, and there'll be more on that uh, as we get going. But we got to get this news rolling because uh, we got a long show for you tonight. Jerry, are you ready for some news? Let's do it. Knew it. This is the news. All right, so this week's news, I'm going to kind of lump some things together uh, by what they're about. So the first two are all about money. Uh, Russell Wilson, damn sure got his. Four years, 130-ish million dollars, if I I remember correctly, which I believe makes him the highest quarterback in the league. Highest, not highest. um, That would be like the guys in in Colorado as far as high. (laughs) And and, uh, then uh, Julio Jones is supposed to be reworking his contract with the... Uh, Atlanta, Haw- Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I mean, maybe he can play basketball. Julio's kind of tall. I can see him as like a little bit of a point guard. But that's a different sport. But uh, what do you think about, about these moves? Start start with Russ and anything on Julio, because it says he will be back for OTAs. I mean, Russell Wilson's awesome. I, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't think that's debatable. So pay the man his money. He's got you a Super Bowl ring. He got you another Super Bowl. He's good. I love him. And I feel like he gets a little disrespected in startup drafts just because he's, you know, like 29 or 30 or whatever he is. But I love the man. Pay the man. Love that. Julio. I just Julio was the first wide receiver I took in the startup we're doing. So I hope they sign him and I hope it's for a long time and I hope he plays for a long time and I can milk that all the way to a victory parade. I'm glad that you tied that back to Dynasty because that is what we're, the hell we're supposed to be doing here is talking about Dynasty. I, I think it gives you confidence in Julio. I know Julio's you know getting ready to you know he either just turned or is getting ready to hit that magic thirty number, which is a, a is a dirty number for a lot of ages in the Dynasty community. But if the Atlanta Falcons, not the Hawks, but the Falcons are willing to to pay this man at his age, it tells you. And you know what, Julio's a gamer. I think you can get two, three good years. And what if he kicks in the slot like Larry Fitzgerald? later in his career maybe he loses a step of speed but man that 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 veteran savvy so so don't be afraid jerry wasn't to pick up julio in a uh in a draft uh 
I'm going to kick this next segment. I'll call it Bad Boys. I, I will make the Bad Boys drop from the, the classic TV show Cops. Bad Boys, Bad Boys, what you going to do? Uh, we're talking about a couple of Bad Boys here. We're going to talk about Leonard Fournette. His dumbass was arrested for no... <laughs> and, and I say dumbass with affection because you guys know I'm a Leonard Fournette fan-ish owner. Uh, but he knowingly was driving on a suspended license and didn't pay your parking tickets. I hope that means you were so busy working your fat ass out that you that 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 you just didn't have time because you're going to show up in shape, ready to play football. That you forgot to pay them parking tickets. And the other one, and they're really kind of unfairly lumping him into bad boys, and that's Tyreek Hill. Uh, he is going to show up at the limited, you know, off season work with the Chiefs. Jerry, anything on um, uh, Mr. Fournette and Mr. Hill? Little story about Jerry. So here's the thing, I. A little bit of a goody two-shoes as a child. I did not like getting in trouble, so I never did. The only time I ever got put in handcuffs in the back of a cop car was when I was driving on a suspended license because I didn't pay my, uh, I didn't renew my tags <laughs> like at Bozo. Uh, that, that, but yeah, that, so that, that's I hilarious. mean, listen, Len, I like Leonard Fournette. Uh, I listen, I'll buy him because people are down on him. But yeah, no, he is a Bozo. That was a Bozo move. Tyreek Hill. I mean, what is there to say about Tyreek Hill? You want to know someone who's getting disrespected in startups? Tyreek Hill. No one knows what's going to happen to him. I mean, everyone's worried about him. The ultimate boom-bust play. Uh, Yeah. You know, that they probably won't hear this by the time it comes out, but in that draft I'm starting, uh, that I just did in a startup, if if he comes back to me in the third, which is where he went in that draft that you and I just started Mm -hmm. up, if he, you know what? I've set worse things on fire than my third round pick in a startup, especially, especially knowing that uh, if that dude hits, that dude hits huge. So um, just on the Tyreek front, I wanted to mention the fact that he is in OTAs, which it's a good a sign as you can get right now. The next little bit of news, I need like an ambulance sounder. You know, that's the guys who are hurt. Uh, but good news, uh, it's been said that it would be a quote-unquote shocker if Will Fuller is not ready for week one and Cooper Cup. Uh, it also looks to be on track for, for week one. They had later in the season, I believe both were in October, ACL tears. Both are progressing nicely. Uh, I think that's great news. I actually went out and bought Cooper Cup straight up for a 2021st. Now, I know every 2021st comes with a, with a unicorn and, and a rainbow and a pot of gold, but I was willing to sacrifice that pick. <laughs> unicorn, pot of gold, rainbow for Cooper Cup. Big fan. And uh, Todd Gurley, according to Rams coach Todd McVay, he was on the Rich Eisen show, said uh, Todd Gurley will remain the focal point of that offense. I don't want to call you a liar, Mr. McVay, but you're a liar. You're a damn liar because if he was the focal point of your offense, he probably would have saw more carries than C.J. Anderson in the Super Bowl. But as I digress, I'm going to kick this one over to Jerry. Jerry, anything on Fuller, Cooper, and uh, TG3? I will definitely be scooping Fuller and Cooper Cup and a lot of redraft leagues this year uh, and going to buy them come draft time, especially once the draft happens and those rookie picks just start, oh, people start salivating because they know the players they can get. Thank you. You, Too easy. Too easy. And Will Fuller, I was never a huge Will Fuller guy, but every time he's on the field, that dude makes plays and he's never going to be the focal point. So he's always going to get that coverage that you want. And that's, oh, and he's so cheap. 
Oh, he's so cheap. You, you were blinded by that uh, green and white Spartan love and uh, couldn't give the man from Notre Dame any respect. But uh, Will Fuller is someone, you know, I, I've bought a couple of shares this offseason. I've moved one. I, I like both these guys. Um, you know, as it relates to Todd Gurley, uh, in both the startups that we've done, uh, the one that Jerry and I did together, the one that I'm just starting up, he went at the 106 in both. So even though his ADP has slid a little bit, it's not slid that far. And uh, even if his overall volume goes down, I still think Todd Gurley gets a ton of touchdowns in that offense. That's still a really good team. Uh, their, their offensive line, you know, they, they were able to maintain Whitworth to have him coming back. So don't, don't be out there panic selling. And this last one, I need like the sound of like either Oscar the Grouch or a garbage truck. Here's some trash news about some players that are really, you know, either trash or soon to be trash on the back end of your roster. And I'll start with Andy Dalton. It said that he can quote unquote shine in this offense, and that's per the head coach, Zach Taylor. Uh, but I've also heard that the the Bengals, it's been said that Drew Locke, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit on the the, the rookie mock and the rookie talk with the guys, um, that Drew Locke will not make it past Cincinnati at 111. So take that for what you will about Mr. Andy Dalton. And then a couple of trash signings of the week. Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins signed with his fourth team. Uh, the New England Patriots, no, he's not the Gronk replacement. Don't go out and give a bunch of rookie picks up for this guy, even in tight end premium. I mean, if, if someone wants to take a late third, early fourth, and you feel like throwing a dart, cool. But if you give anything more than like the 309, anything, like the 308, that's too much. You're just happy if you had him. Like, that's the only thing I can say. That's right, because you're going to hear some names here in just a minute in, in this mock draft that we do with the guys that you're going to think, man, I, I am hanging on to that 308. I'm not taking this trash signing. And the other one is Chris Hollywood Hogan. And the only reason why I bring up Chris Hogan, who signs with the Panthers, is because I can call him Hollywood Hogan. And uh, you guys all know what a wrestling fan I used to be because wrestling also, much like these signings, are trash. Jerry, <laughs> in, 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 anything uh, anything about my how, how, how do you want me to follow that? That was a perfect segue. Perfect segue. So listen, I'm not going to belabor the point anymore. Uh, don't be buying these guys. If you're looking for a chance to unload Andy Dalton, uh, maybe straight I mean, up. Sell them if you got them. Sell them if you got them. You know, uh, spend my favorite, uh, my favorite Andy Dalton stat. When he plays all 16 games, he's never finished worse than a, uh, the, 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 than a QB 18. That's a QB two in your super flex leagues. Which, nice segue. We're gonna kick it right on over to our guest because we are gonna talk about some rapid rising rookies and a two round super flex mock draft. Ready, Jerry? Let's bring on the guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, joining us this week are four amazing guests that host two awesome podcasts. Um, and they're as excited to talk about rookies as we are with exactly as this debuts eight days from the NFL draft. Can you believe that? Eight days from the draft. But first of all, they are back. It is Seth and Kyle of the FF Fellas podcast. And uh, they've been covering rookies a lot lately, including uh, the day before. So that would be Tuesday if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the 17th. Welcome back, Seth and Kyle. And the best part of that is that there's another one on Thursday. Uh. So... <laughs> No, it's great to be here, guys. Thank you so much for having us back on. Yeah, man, it's been a fun uh, few weeks trying to learn some stuff. So if you guys have missed any of that, check it out. But it's definitely good to be back on with you guys. Yeah, you guys had Thor um, from, was it Roto World? Yep. Yeah, man, we've had just an excellent lineup of guests uh, just dropping continuous knowledge over the last couple weeks. And we got another one tomorrow, like, uh, like Seth mentioned. Uh, so it's been, it's been a fun few weeks leading up to this draft. Uh, it it really has. And speaking of drafts and 
uh, great quality content. Our next two guests are coming back for the first time in a while since uh, going back to the John and MJ days. But these two guys, uh, they host the Superflex Super Show podcast. That's part of the DLF family of podcasts. It is James Catullus at James the Brain on Twitter and his tag team partner, John Hogue at Super Flex Dude on Twitter. Welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, John and James. What's going on, guys? Man, this is a this is kind of a trip down memory lane here. Uh, I, I got started with DFF, and um, I mean, even before that, started listening to the Warzone. And uh, when we actually started the Super Flexible podcast on the DF Network, um, before we even dropped an episode. Uh, the the fellas were the first ones to to bring me on their podcast. That was that was my first. That was kind of my dry run. They didn't know it, but that that was <laughs> when I was first learning how to use my equipment. And uh, so um, they they took a chance, and we talked about Sam Bradford and Matt Ryan for some reason, and uh, <laughs> the rest is history. How can yeah. you not talk about Sam Bradford? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome to be back on here. The last time I was on here. It was a really exciting time because you guys had just the episode before had had a WWF slash WWE character draft. And uh, and I got to, to kind of weigh in on that. And that was really fun um, because you guys did that. And there was all sorts of a backlash on, you know, where those guys went. And that was really fun. That was right in my wheelhouse. So um, I felt welcomed right away when I knew that I was coming on after that. So uh, I'm, I'm really happy to be back. Thanks for having me. Oh, there's definitely some pro wrestling fans on this podcast. Uh, thanks to my, my buddy, fellow producer, Seth, over there at the Fellows. Whenever I pop on with them, I always get the Stone Cold entr- entrance music, which is fantastic. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm an old school fan as well. So listen, guys, we're just going to go through here. This week's episode is entitled Rapid Rookie Risers. Guys that we all have climbing up our draft boards um, with the NFL draft eight days away as of the day this thing debuts, um, as new information comes out, I-, I always change my draft board. Now, I did my post-combine rookie rankings, and I'm not really going to mess with them too much until after they get their a- actual NFL landing spots. A, because it's a lot of work, and B, because I'm lazy. And I got a lot of the crap going on <laughs> in, in uh, my life. Two peas in a pod, my hey, friend. Hey, hey, I mean, they are, you know, I need to fire up the, uh, what was his name, the, the guy who coached the Cardinals, Denny Green. They are who they, who they are who I think they are until they get a job uh, on the 26th. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll kick it off. This way um, I'll be able to lay back and, and do some producing and, and some hosting. But my, my first guy is Hollywood Brown. So this is a guy who didn't get a test at the Combine because he had Liz Frank surgery on his foot. Uh, he's recently cleared his medicals, and he looks good to go. He is one of only two wide receivers attending the draft on day one, the other one being DK Metcalf. So not even Enkeel Harry, uh, as of this recording, is one of the 23 players expected to be in Nashville for the draft. So this guy's skyrocketing. And this time of the year, I really listen to less Dynasty podcasts and more to just football podcast and I was listening to Todd McShay and he said that this could be the most dynamic player he's seen in 20 years uh, of scouting and that resonates with me whether you like McShay or not you got to respect the fact that he's been doing this a long time and this is a guy that the last mock draft we did he either went late second or didn't even go at all so he will definitely if that's the case be on some of my draft boards and the other one's Bryce Love 
Now, Bryce Love tore his ACL real late into uh, the 2018 season and more than likely will not play much, if at all, in his rookie campaign. But he's a guy that, if you think back of 2017, he finished second in the Heisman to Baker Mayfield. I mean, this guy is, uh, I'm sorry, 2018. He's a heck of a football player, and he would have been probably the 102 to 105 had he came out that year uh, behind Saquon, maybe behind Darius Geis, and there was Sony. That was a really good running back class, but this guy was really good. And he's a guy that's middle of the third round right now at ADP. So those are two guys that are easily creeping up my draft board, uh, guys that are going to be on a lot of the outlaw squads, if you will. But I'm going to throw it over to Seth. Seth, uh, what do you think about my two guys? And then uh, tell us uh, who, you know, who is or who are climbing up your uh, draft board. Yeah, Hollywood Brown seems to be the most underrated top tier guy. I think that if that makes any sense, like everybody's talking about Metcalf, everybody's talking about Hakeem Butler, uh, but Hollywood Brown has that upside of a tier one type of player, at least in relative to this draft class. And nobody seems to be talking about it. Maybe it's because everybody's taking, taking uh, it for granted that he is going to be great. Uh, but we shall see. And I like the Bryce Love pick too, because it's a, if you, he's definitely going to drop in the NFL draft and in your rookie drafts. And that's a very low risk, high reward type of play. So I, I dig that a lot. Um, so my guys are, uh, the first one is Miles Boykin. And he is a receiver out of Notre Dame that is 6'4, 220. So he's got the size that you want out of an outside receiver. He has is some have described him as the most complete wide receiver out of this class in terms of all of the the route running ability, the hands, all of the stuff that you want to see from a technical perspective, but on film and and you didn't really see all of the athletic ability. And then he goes to the combine and annihilates people. He was better in the combine than Metcalf was. The only thing Metcalf had over him was the the forty time. Everything else, he was in the 90th percentile or above uh, in terms of metrics for wide receivers. And that's very exciting to me because in the combine, you're looking for guys that kind of go outside the norm. And that allows you to take another look at that player. So uh, excited to see what Miles Boykin can do in his first year. And then the second guy is Jace Sternberger. Uh, so the tight end that's really, really good, but kind of going under the radar because of the two top end talents out of Iowa this year and another guy that I won't spoil because he's probably on this list as well uh, for later on. But I think Sternberger is an excellent talent that any uh, team would be happy to have and can definitely perform for fantasy owners. Uh, and again, after a couple of years, you know, I don't think he's like Evan Ingram or anything, but I'm going to be stashing a lot of Jay Sternberger on my rosters. Well, I, I like how uh, we, we mentioned pro wrestling briefly earlier, and you said uh, Miles Boykin was six foot four. You know who else is six foot four? Jay Sternberger, and you can't teach that. I'm going to throw it over to James. James, you're, uh, uh, what do you think about Sternberger and Boykin? And then uh, give us your guy. Yeah, Boykin definitely has a size that is intriguing, and I don't know that he always had the opportunity um, in college. So I think he's he's a, a tantalizing prospect, and he's someone that you can get later. So I think if you have a deeper rookie draft, this is a guy who 
is going to go is going to go later. He's not on a lot of radars right now. So um, I, I really like that pick. And then Jay Sternberger, I am a huge fan of. I think uh, it, it's going to be winding spot dependent, in my opinion, with Sternberger though. Um, and I think I think that's that's going to be where I'm, I'm going to keep an eye really on Sternberger to see where he goes. Only because he's kind of a dual threat tight end. He's really good blocking, and he he can uh, he can get you yards in the receiving game as well. And so, you know, depending on the role he's going to play and depending on the team he goes to, um, I think is really going to affect his uh, his overall, um, you know, outlook. So I, I like both those guys, though, too. Um, and it kind of stinks because, yeah, no offense, but I, I'm agreeing with a lot of your guys here so far. So I'm hoping there's one that, you know, we can kind of kind of disagree on here. So um, so hopefully hopefully I'm going to throw out a guy that someone disagrees on. And I'm gonna, my guy here is Irv Smith, and uh, he's a tight end out of Alabama. And the reason why I'm liking Irv Smith and he's moving up my draft board is because he also is a tier below those Iowa tight ends, TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant. Um, but I, I think this year there's a good chance that three tight ends go in the first round. I think Irv Smith is probably the third. However, Jay Sternberg is probably right behind him. Um, so I think, you know, when I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this draft and I'm going, okay, I could see, you know, um, either Hawkinson or Fant going going very early. Uh, and then, you know, I could see one of the others going to maybe Oakland, you know, a team that could use a tight end and has three first-round picks. But that leaves Irv Smith for teams later in the first round, like the Green Bay Packers or the New England Patriots. And if that landing spot happens, Irv Smith's talent-wise is fantastic. But if he goes to a team like that, that could really utilize him and boost his value in fantasy, man, I'm thinking that he is going to end up uh, his value is going to end up just skyrocketing. So right now he's moving up my boards just in anticipation of that. I think there's a good chance that he finds a really positive landing spot. Well, not only do I agree, sorry, I can't disagree with you. I mean, maybe I could fake it like Stephen A. Smith just so I could yell at you, but I can't. I, I love Irv Smith Jr. <laughs> not only that, but I actually have him on my tight end rankings. I have him ahead of Noah Fant. It's great that Noah Fant's an amazing you know, athlete and a super plus athlete spark score. But there's just something about the overall game of Irv Smith that I really like. And I think his status as my tight end, too, will be cemented, to your point, if he lands in one of these really plus landing spots. So I'm going to kick it back to my co-host. We've not had enough man of the hour. Jerry, uh, what do you think about Irv Smith? And then hit us with a couple of your favorites. I hope the Lions draft him because I am so selfish. That's what I hope. (laughs) Honestly, I love it. it, They want to talk about taking Hawkinson or Fant in the first round, and I hate that idea so much. Like, I went through it with Ebron, and the Lions just didn't use him. So if they take Irv Smith, I'd be super excited. I'd love to argue with you, James. I just can't because I like Irv. And I like Miles Boykin from Seth. I've been talking about him for darn near a month, so I'm not going to get into that. I got two quick guys. One one quick one is DK Metcalf. I have poo-pooed that man a lot on this show. And I think it's just because people are comparing him to an elite level Calvin Johnson S player or a super bust. And I tended to side towards the bust, but I don't think that's fair to him. I think he has a higher floor than that. And I think I've just been a bit of a stubborn ass in regards to DK Metcalf. He's a good athlete and he's, he's creeping up my boards a little bit. The guy I love though is Darius Slayton wide receiver from Auburn. Six one one ninety. He's got four three speed, forty inch vertical. You know, he was he was another one of those guys that was disappointing from a production standpoint. But as a prospect, oh, oh, like he's just one of those sneaky guys that you can, if he ends up in a good spot, 
you're going to get him in the third round, and he's going to be one of those guys that you can plug and play in your flex. He's just, I like him, man. Fast guy, good broad jump, good three cone. You know, he's everything you want. If he can get a coach that can see what he can do, plug that boy in, play him, sign me up. I promise, I can assure all of you that I will be scooping that man up in more rookie drafts than probably anybody else just because of his price tag. Except for the one we're in, because now I'm going to snipe you because I'm a dick. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to throw it over to uh, uh, throw it over to Kyle. What do you think about Mr. Slayton and uh, any any comments on DK Metcalf uh, before you give us your guys? Yeah, man. So with Slayton, you just add him to the names of just guys that are available late second, third round picks. I think are going to have some in comparison to the first round value this year are going to be a really interesting. And if I have the opportunity to kind of collect a few extra of those tickets, you know, I'm going to do that and spend it on guys like, uh, like Slayton there. Medcalf for me is somebody that is obviously jumps off the Twitter sphere, right? Because this guy is just a, a freak um, specimen, but is he as complete as a normal wide receiver one would be? That I'm just not sure of. And while I was a little bit late to the party too, kind of like Jerry, I'm coming around on him even as like a top, you know, three or four wide receiver in this class. I think he's landed there, but I just I'm not seeing a clear cut number one guy. And as much as I like Medcalf, I'm probably gonna just gonna let other people take him with that, you know, first couple picks of that first round. I'm not gonna go reach. I'm not gonna go get him. Uh, this is one of those years where it was you, you weren't in a bad spot if you didn't uh, if you didn't go the tanking route. I think. Um, I'd rather take one of these middle round guys and and still feel comfortable with that. Uh, so, you know, take that, Jerry. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, man, my uh, my guy that's been climbing up my draft boards as of late, and we've talked about this guy on our show um, recently, and that's Emmanuel Hall out of Missouri. Uh, again, this is just a guy that I love his explosiveness. He's he's really quick, uh, really fast, and and speed is just one of those things, kind of like height, that it's hard to teach. Um, but unlike some of the other burners, you know, like Marquise Brown and uh, in Paris Campbell is Emmanuel Hall has a little bit more size. He's 6'2", 200 pounds, um, and he definitely has the go routes down. But uh, can he learn the rest of his game and polish that off? That's why he's going to be a later round pick at the position and somebody that dynasty owners can pick up in that second round uh, more than likely. But Emmanuel Hall is somebody that I think has uh, so really good upside, especially in comparison to some of these guys at the top of the wide receiver board um, and a guy that I'm excited about and I can get much, much later. So I'm going to try to target him in my, in my second round and, and we'll see uh, if I am able to pick him up. Honestly, he reminds me a lot of DK Metcalf. It, it, the game is the same run, mm-hmm. run straight. He's good at curl routes. He's got the size. He's got the speed as, uh, as a prospect. He's, he's a little below him, but mm-hmm. I mean, I like Emmanuel Hall too, man. Yeah. And Emmanuel Hall could be a guy that benefits from a veteran receiver. You know, if he were to land in a spot where, uh, like Seattle, I mean, we all like Tyler Lockett, and I think Doug Doug Baldwin's slowly coming to the end of the road. And Doug Baldwin's a pretty good, pretty good wide receiver. So, like a, a landing spot like that, where a veteran that would be willing, like I don't think Mister Big Chest would be willing to teach anybody anything about how, except how to bleach their mustache. But I would love to see some of these guys that need to develop a little bit more at the pro level. Too bad a guy like Jordy Nelson retired. Maybe he'll wind up a wide receiver coach somewhere. But, uh, John, speaking of wide receivers, you have one you want to talk about as uh, we wrap up our rapid rookie risers. I do. I've got two players for you, and, of course, I've got to go quarterback. But I'm going to start with my chalk call here with Hakeem Butler. I, I mean, I know that he's at the top of everybody's draft boards already. But to me, he's a wide receiver one. You know, you look at you, when you see six five, you see you know four four eight forty. 
you 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 it gets a little bit lazy to be honest the the analysis really kind of pigeonholes him as you know he's he's the deep ball he's the jump ball guy you know and and what i see when i watch his tape i see one of those guys who you know you can you can work him in the flats i mean you can even line him up in the slot for god's sakes like a six six five slot receiver how and and have him work the flats a little bit have him work the short routes and let him get the ball in his hands let him turn into a running back and he makes people miss he runs through arm tackles he he's just going to dominate those little defensive backs so it it's it, he he just had there's way more to his game than what people expect from a six foot five wide receiver. And then the other guy that I want to throw out is, like I said, I've got to go quarterback. We talk quarterbacks almost exclusively on the Superflex Super Show. So we got to talk quarterback here a little bit. Will Greer. And it's there to me, there, there are a couple different things at work here. Number one, I think that the fact that people are putting a little bit too much stock in the fact that. He had a bad senior bowl. He had a bad combine. I think he's on his way to to being drafted in the first round. I think there, there are some quarterback needy teams who are going to find Will Greer later in the first round, and uh, I, and he's going to be on the fast track to a starting job. And number two is, man, I, I, I mentioned it on the GOAT District last week. Uh, it's, it's that BD energy, man. It, it, he's got that attitude that, that Baker Mayfield type of attitude that you just want, especially late in the game, that intangible that we always talk about. So yeah, the, I, I think that he's got the leadership abilities. I think, you know, he's going to throw some bad interceptions. He's going to take some bad sacks, but late in the game, that's the type of guy that you want running the two minute drill. I love Will Greer. And I think that he's, uh, he's, he's on track here uh, to jump way up in Superflex drafts. Well, I'm going to agree and disagree with you. I also like Will Greer and uh, I, I won't kill the man's livelihood because he sells the rookie scouting portfolio, but you might want to go buy that from our friend, Matt Waldman. He was back on way early in the rookie process, but you'd be very surprised to find out where Mr. Waldman has Greer in that, but I tell you where I I like Greer. I would like Greer to land in L.A. behind Philip Rivers for a couple of years. I don't think Greer's quite ready to take over the reins as an NFL starter, but I think he will be. And you know else who has the kind of uh, we'll we'll call it swagger of Will Greer? That's Philip Rivers. Whether whether we we make fun of uh, Phil a lot because he's got thirty seven kids and wears a bolo tie. He's fertile. He's definitely fertile. Uh, he's uh, and he's fertile on the football field for those fantasy box scores. And that that's the kind of guy that I would not mind sitting a year. You know, it didn't hurt Mahomes any, um, didn't hurt Carson Palmer any, and I don't think it would hurt Will Greer any. So listen, those are our rookie uh, rapid risers or rapid rising rookies, whatever you want to do. Um, but we're getting ready to put that to the test. So this week's mock draft is just going to be a two-round Superflex mock draft. And, and most of our drafts so far have been Superflex because I, I think that's the funnest format. Um, now, next week with our four guests, we're going to do Superflex and Tight End Premium. So make sure you tune back in for a very special edition of the Dynasty War Zone. But this week, we are going to put this rookie knowledge to the test. Um, 
the draft order. We're going to do four rounds of this, uh, technically two rounds, but everybody's going to draft twice in one round. So it's going to be John, Kyle, myself, Jerry, James, and then Seth. And then we're going to repeat that for uh, 24 total picks. Uh, we're not drafting for the same team. We're just drafting as if we were on the clock and this is who we would take. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to John. John, you're on the clock with a 101 and a super flex mock. Man, this is tough for me after I just got done talking up, up Hakeem Butler. But there is no, in a super flex league, you, there's nowhere to find a quarterback at a reasonable cost other than in your drafts. You do it in a startup draft. And they're, as soon as you get done with the draft, their, their value, their price automatically just shoots up. And uh, you're, you're not going to find them on waiver wires. That's the reason for it. So it's got to be Kyler Murray here. I mean, he's by far the, the QB1. And again, this is your last chance to get, you know, an elite level quarterback uh, in, in your super flex leagues. I love the pick, and now Jerry and I covered this in our news segment. Have you seen the report that Bleacher Report put out that the Oakland A's offered him $14 million to to give up uh, the NFL draft and go play baseball? Yeah, and that's – man, that's that's always going to be a concern. How much would that suck? Know? Yeah, I, I also really don't like the, just the news cycle around the Cardinals right now. If, if, if this actually happens and he goes 101 to Arizona without a trade-up, and they trade Josh Rosen without having those two compete, man, the leash on Kyler Murray gets significantly shorter. You know, we always say the 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 backup quarterback is the most popular guy in town, right? Well, I mean, think if you think how much more popular that guy's gonna be if he's on another team starting for that team and you're stuck with a guy who, you know, ends up being a draft bust before you even figured out if last year's guy was gonna pan out or not. No, I agree. And uh, Kyle from the fellows, you are up with the one zero two. Yeah, man. So if I have the one Oh two this year, like I mentioned, I'm on the phone trying to get the hell out of this pick <laughs> because I don't, I'm not in love with any of these guys. And as super flex, I think John nailed it. It was Ky- it's Kyler Murray at one Oh one. But beyond that, man, I'm, I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to collect some few, some added uh, value and, and scoot back a little bit. But for this uh, for this exercise, I'm stuck here picking at the the 102. So I'm going to go with a wide receiver who I think is for me as of right now, as before my cram session, you know, one week before the draft. Uh, this is a guy that I just think is the best all around wide receiver. I think there's that he's the safest pick in my opinion um, at the wide receiver spot. And while his upside might not be as high as some of the other guys, I know this guy can contribute. I think right away um, he's NFL ready, and that's. AJ Brown out of Ole Miss. Um, I know that Metcalf gets all the headlines, but I think AJ Brown has been uh, a just a, a really good college receiver. But his game playing in the slot will translate really nicely uh, into the NFL. Obviously, landing spots are are always a, a thing with these guys as we're waiting to see where they land. But I think AJ Brown is is the most complete guy, the safest player among these wide receivers. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Brown out of Ole Miss. And I agree with you a hundred percent because he has the safest floor and when you're in when you're stuck drafting at the 102 I don't really think you can afford to miss unless you're a really stacked team that somehow traded for the 102 and you can afford to take a dart throw on a big upside guy but if you're in a rebuild mode or you need this pick to hit I I think AJ Brown may not have the ceiling of some of these other guys but he definitely has the floor 
that I like. Mine's going to surprise you, but I stick with my philosophies. My philosophy is draft running backs and trade for wide receivers. So I'm going Josh Jacobs. I, I, I know that there's concerns from a production standpoint while in Alabama uh, about not being able to beat out the Harrises, uh, Najee, and Damian, but I'm cool with that because I, I like what I see on tape and I trust my eyes. I trust what I read from people like uh, Matt Waldman, as, as an example, and Travis May, and other people that I respect throughout the Dynasty community. But I also respect the NFL GMs, and they're not infallible. A lot of GMs make boneheaded moves. I'm looking at you, Ryan Grigson. But uh, I, 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 I do trust the fact that NFL teams have a round one grade on this guy. And if he gets a round one draft capital, I can't not go Josh Jacobs at the 103. And that takes us to my co-host, the man of the hour, the man with the power, Jerry at the 104. Ah, Dwayne Haskins. It's a super flex. I'm going to go quarterback. Kyle is typing in the document, go Ohio State, because he knows I'm a Michigan (laughs) State fan. I mean, listen, the guy torched Michigan State, who had a good defense. He torched Michigan, who had a good defense. I am not the best quarterback scout that there ever was, so I got to take him early and often in super flex leagues. Give me the guy that threw for 50 touchdowns. Dwayne Haskins, he's get, he's going to go early. He's going to, you know, he should be a starter early in his career. So I'll take that and just hope he pans out. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not the best analysis I can give, but that is the best I can give for quarterbacks. I, I used this last week or the week before. Um, 50 touchdowns is now known as a Mahomes of touchdowns. Uh, Dwayne Haskins had a Mahomes of touchdowns last year at the Ohio State University. James is up at the 105. Yeah, this is interesting because uh, this is not the way I had this uh, this first round going here. So, uh, I, you know, I, um, I I'm he thinks it's we an suck. interesting and yeah, no no not, <laughs> no the the best part about this guys is that like when you when when I'm in my rookie drafts, this is what happens. You know the. I have plans on guys I want to take and either they go earlier than I expect, or, you know, there's some guys sitting there that I didn't expect to be there. So that's, that's the cool part about doing this. So I'm going to go with a wide receiver here and I'm going to go with my top rated wide receiver. And even though there are some issues and there are some things he's going to have to work on, especially his release and his route running, I'm going to go with Nikhil Harry. And I think the ceiling is there and I think the floor is safe enough to where I'm okay with it. And AJ Brown would have been my pick. Um, had he been available, but obviously he was gone. Uh, so I'm going to go with Nikhil Harry here. I feel really good about this. I think he he has that first-round draft capital, and I think worst-case scenario, he ends up working out of the slot and being a slot receiver, um, which is where I think A.J. Brown is going to to really excel as well. Um, so I'm going to go with Nikhil Harry here, and I, I feel pretty good about it. Um, you know, quarterback was definitely on my mind. I think, you know, it really is going to depend on team build uh, at this point of the draft, you know, middle first round. But uh, I think best overall talent, I think I'll take Nikhil Harry. He's the top guy left on my board at this point. Yeah, and, and I like Nikhil Harry a lot myself. He's he's a guy that I probably, in a year from now, because uh, I think Josh Jacobs will have a good rookie season, I think I'll be able to trade Josh Jacobs for Nikhil Harry. And that, that's exactly how I uh, do player movement. But I'm going to throw it over to my man, Seth fellow producer uh seth what do you got at the 106 <laughs> no i'm gonna jazz for you giving away my sleeper my sleeper pick here <laughs> oh now I, now I have to take him here because you're gonna take him or these other guys are gonna know the greatness that is jazz ferguson uh no at the 106 i'm gonna stick with the take the good quarterbacks while you can trend and go with will greer um i like will greer over haskins 
in this draft. So I was hoping that he would fall to me, but I would have taken Haskins here uh, if Greer was not available. Some consideration to taking a wide receiver, but it, it again, super flex. It's even if he is mediocre, you're still going to get more value for him than you would any of these uh, receivers or running backs that are left, I think. Well, well first of all, um, if you go back and listen to some of our previous mock drafts, um, we, I don't think there was one of them where we had three quarterbacks taken in round one. And then you heard the name Jazz Ferguson. I'm going to have to Google whether or not he's related to an old friend named Turd Ferguson. But I'm going to throw it over to John at the 107. Uh, how happy Man. is Hogue right now? <laughs> <laughs> Did I have to follow Turd Ferguson? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a big hat. Man. Yeah, I, I actually really like that pick. Um, and in you know what? I actually I, I really tend to agree with your strategy, Memphis. Just on the uh, you know in the startup, I like to build around quarterbacks and wide receivers. Um, get get young and and lean at wide receiver load up on quarterbacks because they hold the most value. And then you find the running backs in a rookie draft because they hit right away. And like you said, I mean, you can start moving them for, for positions of need uh, kind of as you go. So I'd really like to go running back here, but seeing Hakeem Butler still there, I, I, I've, I've got to do, I had no idea that he would fall that far. Uh, I'm starting to think that. So I, I'm, I'm not a big rookie guy. Full disclosure here. Halfway through the show, I'm gonna I'm gonna point out that I don't do a whole lot of rookie scouting. Uh, I rely on my man over there, James the Brain, uh, for that stuff. But um, so I, I'm starting to question a little bit my love for Hakeem Butler, but uh, not enough to pass on him here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take him at 107 and stash him on my taxi squad for a year and uh, and wait for him to to turn into a top five dynasty wide receiver. Don't uh, question oh, that love. Oh, I Don't was going to say that love, my friend. I was going to say you're going to wait for a year, and I'm going to be offering to trade you Josh Jacobs for Hakeem Butler, <laughs> uh, Hakeem Butler I, plus, because that's how I roll. But I'm going to throw it over I, to Kyle. I know you are, and, a, and I've also I've also d- gone through trade negotiations with you, and so I know how that goes. It's it's not happening, man. All right, I'll uh, <laughs> uh, I will take that off my uh, to do list until you forget a year from now. Kyle, who you got at the 108, buddy? Yeah, 108. I think this is a great spot if you're in a in a super flex draft, I don't know if he makes it this far. Like I mentioned, the hype train is out of control. So uh, on DK Metcalf, I'm just going to go ahead and take him here. I think that's a nice spot. Um, I think that there's still, you know, there's some running backs here. Like the guys mentioned, those are, uh, those are hard to find as well. But with Metcalf, I think this is a good spot to take the risk on this guy. I think the, some of the safety is gone, you know, especially in the super flex draft that the top quarterbacks are off the board. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take uh, DK Metcalf. So apparently uh, I'm a rebel. Yeah, I, I'm going to uh, have someone create that meme. It's a picture of DK Metcalf with his shirt off in the combine, and a picture of Tom Brady with his shirt off in the combine. <laughs> and for the and, and for the uneducated, we're going to ask which one of these guys runs a faster three cone. So, because uh, if you guessed DK Metcalf, you would be wrong. Uh, yes, sir. I, I'm up with the 109, and this this right here is a position that I know I will find myself in. Uh, actually, league I'm in with Seth and Kyle. I do have the 109, and I could see this very decision. And I'm between two running backs right now, but I'm I'm going to go with with the plus athlete. Uh, I'm going to go with Miles Sanders, running back out of Penn State. Uh, you haven't probably heard as much about him. We've said this on other shows because he spent the first two years of his college career in the shadow of a guy named Saquon Barkley. So that that's no fault of his. He was a tremendous 
and you know, for you Debbie minds out there, he was a tremendous prospect coming out of high school. So Miles Sanders here at the 109, uh, my team was borderline contending last year. So this might be the kind of player that can help me uh, maybe fight for a championship in, in 2019 where I don't think a lot of these rookie wide receivers would be. So I'm just kind of thinking about what my team would look like. So this is more of a roster construction, kind of putting a little narrative street on there. So I'm going to go with Miles Sanders at the 109, and I'm going to kick it back to Jerry at the 110. I like the Miles Sanders pick. Like like you said earlier, how we're lazy, so we haven't updated our rankings. I, th- I think Sanders might be my RB1. I, I'm still with him and this guy that I'm about to pick, David Montgomery. But there, I just like Miles Sanders' game. He, just, he looks quicker on the field than David Montgomery. But the reason I am going to take David Montgomery is because that dude can break tackles like it's nobody's business. He's not super fast. He's not super sexy. But he's got moves. He's got an arsenal. That's why I like him. He's got a stiff arm. He can spin. He can juke. And he can lower the boom if he wants to. I like watching David Montgomery play. I hope he ends up in a good spot. And I'm going to take him at 110 right here. James, take whatever you want because I know I just keep giving you the players you want. I don't know, man. I, I'm really high on Miles Sanders and David Montgomery. So they were they were in my considerations. I was, uh, But... I think here, and this is an interesting position because there's several different ways that you can go at this point, point of the draft. So um, to me, it's just going to kind of be on personal preference and roster construction. And I'm going to go with Noah Fant. Um, I'm just a huge fan of his game. And look, I I think TJ Hawkinson is a better overall tight end, but I think Noah Fant will be a better fantasy tight end, if that makes sense. And I just feel like Noah Fant is going to be used more as a pass catching tight end, a move tight end, a joker. You know, he's going to be that guy who is going to be used in that role, in the pass catching role that's going to get me fantasy points. Hawkinson, I can see being used as kind of an all around tight end because he's that good. He can block in wide, he can catch the ball. He's going to, you know, he's going to be a safety valve for a quarterback. Um, so that's why I'm going to lean uh, Noah Fant here is just because of fantasy purposes. So I'll go with the tight end here, even though it's not a sexy position. I, I really like Noah Fant an awful lot. I like no. I'm a fan of Fant myself. I'm gonna throw it back to Seth with the one twelve. Yeah, I I like this pick in general for this uh, draft because there are three players right now that I'm looking at: a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end. And um, if this is all kind of dependent on where they land in the draft, if um, and so if we were doing this after the draft, it would probably uh lean one way or the other for one of these guys but i'm going to go with the overall best player on the board still available that i think and that's going to be tj hawkinson uh for all the reasons that james just said hawkinson is uh i think the best tight end in this class and i totally understand the the want to use fant for a more evan ingram like fantasy production type role uh, but i hawkinson is going to be a force in the nfl and i think that He's the best guy available right now. Uh, I'm a huge fan of TJ Hawkinson. It's become a running joke between Tyler Gunther and I that we, he and I are in a league together. I have the 107, and he has the 108, and he's made his love for TJ Hawkinson very well known. And uh, l- let's just say I'm uh, holding that over his head a little bit because I love TJ Hawkinson a great deal. And landing spot, I might not even get him at the 107. So I'm going to recap the first round, and then I'm going to kick it to John for the 201. But in the first round, we had Kyler Murray. A.J. Brown, Josh Jacobs, Dwayne Haskins, Enkeel Harry, 
Will Greer, Hakeem Putler, DK Metcalf at 108, Miles Sanders by me at 109. We had uh, David Montgomery at 110 by Jerry. Uh, James took Noah Fant at 111, and Seth took TJ Hawkinson at the 112. So kicking us off in round two is John on the board with the 201. All right, and I with my last pick, I was uh, I was kind of hoping that Miles Sanders was going to drop a little ways to me. I think that he's going to land in a very nice spot, and I think that we're going to be talking about him in the top five post draft. So I'm not going to let that happen again here. I'm going to go running back uh, just because I know that they're not going to fall very far. I'm going to go with Rodney Anderson. That, that might be a little hot takey, just be, but I'm, I'm going with him just because I think that he's one of the more likely rookie running backs to find a significant role with touchdown upside. Uh, just, I mean, that's, that's kind of his build. He's, he's meant to be kind of a grinder, kind of a goal line and short yardage type of guy. And that's kind of what we're looking for anyways. At the end of, of the season in fantasy football, the guy who's getting in the end zone every single week is the most bankable player that you can find. And I think that that's going to be Rodney Anderson, at least for this year. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to reach past some of these more versatile backs uh, for the, for the big, the big bull. Uh, I, I don't hate it. And I don't remember where I heard it or I would give this person credit, but they said Rodney Anderson would be the one Oh one in this class. Had he had a clean bill of health through college. He's that talented of a running back. So I don't think it's that much of a stretch. I've seen Rodney going in the third typically, but you know, this is, I've always been a proponent of get your guy. And if Rodney's your guy, you want him at 201, you're not going to get him at, you know, you know, 212 or two or 301 because you may not have those picks. So if that's your dude, get your dude, Kyle, who's your dude at 202? Yeah, I'm going with a running back here uh, as well. Uh, this is a guy that doesn't have the size of Rodney Anderson, but I think has the quicks and the agility uh, to be a big-time playmaker. Uh, he has some question marks as far as size and uh, level of competition in college, but that's Devin Singletary. Uh, I think that he has some traits that are off the charts, uh, and if you can get past some of the size things and if he can um, – you know, if he can absorb contact like he did in college and, and have that translates to the NFL, I think this guy could be something special. I think there's some other guys um, in this running back class that are probably a little bit safer. But here in the second round, I'm going to take a shot uh, on a guy that I think could have some extreme upside um, despite the, uh, the pretty potentially low floor. Well, definitely has the college production profile. If you go back and pull up his college stats on pro football reference, they are pretty eye popping and he's a guy that I continue to see even though uh, in spite of his combine uh, I continue to see an actual NFL mocks not fantasy or dynasty mocks but this is a guy who's still being projected in the third or fourth round so if that happens you know in in 10 days because it'll happen on the weekend more than likely him in the second round is probably going to be more common than you might think I'm on the board at 203 I've done this before so I'll keep it short it's Drew Locke pretty simple if Drew Locke's here in the early to mid second round, just lock him up. See what I did there, Kyle? Wordsmithing, wordsmithing. Nailed it. Nailed it. But <laughs> no, no. Anybody more than likely, he's going ten to the Broncos. I don't think he goes any further than that. He could go even higher. But anybody with a top ten, you know, draft pedigree, not named Josh Rosen, seems to get a four or five year leash. And I'm I'm kind of poking fun at Josh Rosen, but he's going to wind up in Washington or somewhere, and he's going to go right back to being a starter. So. When, when you're drafted this high and at that position in the NFL, you're going to get it. So if you can get a guy that will probably be a starter 
Uh, like I said, I see him going to Denver. I see him being paired up with Joe Flacco. I see Joe Flacco playing the role of Tyrod Taylor. And uh, about week three or four, here comes Drew Locke to take over. I'm not predicting a Baker-like success story for Locke, but at the 203, it seems like a, like a steal. I'm kicking it over to Jerry. Jerry, who you got at 204? No one that is a reach, a fantastic value at this time in the draft. Kelvin Harmon, wide receiver NC State. Not really. Kyle busts my balls every time <laughs> in this document, every time I go to make a pick. Listen, Kelvin Harmon, he really poo-pooed on me at the combine. He was smaller than I wanted him to be. He was slower than I wanted him to be. And he cannot jump as high as I wanted him to. But I just like watching the dude play football. Is that he always gets two feet inbounds? He can make contested catches. You know, I, I like the guy, and I just I think he's got a high ceiling if he can land in a good spot. And at two oh four, we're talking dart throws at this point. Anyway, we're talking guys that have you know a thirty or forty percent hit rate. Give me the big dude that I think can make a play, no matter who's covering him. Kelvin Harmon. And if this guy lands on the right spot, like I've seen him mock drafted to the Colts, uh, he's easily a first round. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 uh, I just use the Colts as an example. I mean, you, you could yeah. say Philadelphia with Carson Wentz. You could say anywhere that's got a good quarterback and, and, and a good offensive-minded head coach. You know, this was a guy who was, you know, friend of the show, Travis May, you know, way back before the combine. This was Travis's wide receiver one, and it was my wide receiver one at one time as well. And to get him at the 204 is a criminal in some states. But uh, James, James, who you got at 205? Yeah, real quick, man, I, I wanted Kelvin Harmon. The fact that he goes one pick ahead of me here is brutal. Man, is that tough. And I also thought maybe maybe Rod Anderson would fall. I'm, I'm really big on him, too. I do think he would be the 1.01 mm -hmm. in this draft um, if he was healthy, uh, like you stated, um, like you stated before, uh, Randy. So, uh, you know, seeing those two guys go before my pick, Pretty brutal. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna swerve here a little bit, and uh, I'm gonna go with Debo Samuel, uh, the wide receiver out of South Carolina, and I'm gonna go with him just because I think he has a really high floor. Uh, I see him as a, a safer pick, and I I don't know that he's as landing spot dependent. I just think this dude can play, and uh, I think he's gonna. You can kind of plug him in and play him in any system, and I think he's gonna fit well. Um, there's just things that he does well that are going to fit into any type of system. And, uh, and I really like Debo Samuel. I'm high on him. And so getting him here, pretty happy with it. Although, man, there was a few targets that I wanted before that, but I'll, I'll, I'll stick with him and I'll be happy with it. So, so two things about Debo. Well, I guess one about Debo and one about mock drafting one. I like Debo as well. He was almost my rapid rookie riser. Um, I thought one of you guys would have taken him for sure. I've been really a fan of him since the senior bowl and what I saw there. And guys, this is why you mock draft. You mock draft and you can go online. I know the fellas use fantasy pros, um, but go online and, and do mock drafts because when you get sniped and you, what you don't want to do is like rage pick or tilt pick and end up picking someone that you don't run, want. So this is a good exercise even for guys, you know, as, as talented as James, because, you know, he may, he, uh, in, in a split second, he was able to make a, a solid pick because he's done, you know, some of this already. So that, 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 there's a little tip for you. And Seth, at the 206, uh, what, what you thinking? Uh, I'm, I'm going back a couple of picks that, and saying, I really, really hope that Drew Locke and TJ Hawkinson end up on the same team. So then the, uh, all the announcers <laughs> are going to be saying, it's just, Hawk and Lock. Like it's, it's it just the, writes the, itself. The Hawk, the Hawk, I said this on Twitter a couple months ago, the Hawk and Lock connection. 
aka oh, yes. the rock and sock connection <laughs> it's the hawk and lock connection buddy i like Love it, it. <laughs> yep all right so moving moving on uh both of the the running back and wide receiver that i was i was debating over back at the 112 are still available here and uh so it's still a tough choice and also i need to start rethinking like okay was it actually these guys were supposed to be taken there but no <laughs> i i really like miles boykin uh at this spot and the reason for that is um all the reasons that i talked about at the beginning of the show but um he's just i think he's really safe and uh i think that uh kyle is a jerk because he's riding in the dock right now and messing up everybody me. <laughs> all right whoever it was next to kyle's name i blame kyle for pretty much everything that's true so he, kyle can confirm anyway miles boykin is a safe running uh wide receiver prospect and we really like the idea that he has all of these athletic abilities that are really uh popping now from the combine and I still think that he's going to drop in the NFL draft. Like not, he's not going to go as high as Metcalf and Kelvin Harmon and all those guys. And I think that's fine because he's good enough to still go in the second or third round, but that also allows for the possibility that a really good offense picks up this guy as opposed to a really crappy offense. And then you get Corey Davis uh, from a couple of years ago. So <laughs> I know, I know. I'm right there with you, buddy. That was Twitter, actually. That wasn't anyone on the call. So, so uh, any reactions to Seth's pick? I love, I love Miles Boykin. I'd take him at the back end of the first. Don't care. Haters can hate all they want. Seth, he's no Jazz well, Ferguson, bro. We'll we'll die this, on this that mountain together. This is true. Not Jazz Ferguson. Well, I'll tell you who else is not Jazz Ferguson. That's who's John's going to draft at the 207. John, maybe yeah. you can surprise me by taking Jazz, but I don't think you're going to. Yeah, I still haven't heard of him yet, um, and I've been Googling for the last half hour. So, uh, No, I'm going to go with Travion Williams, though, because this he's he's got the, the – I know this is a reach, but again, I'm looking for running backs who can help me right now because my teams are built around quarterbacks and wide receivers. I'm built to win right now, and Travion Williams has the type of skill set as kind of the satellite type back, the pass-catching back, to, to – carve out a role on whatever team he lands on and start producing right away, especially in PPR. No, uh, I, no, no go ahead. I think I hear someone. You know, Kelvin Harmon and Travion Williams were the two guys that disappointed me the most at the combine because I loved watching them play. So I, listen, if I can get them at where you just got them, sign me up for that too. Nice. Uh, I guess I'll be the, the star. I'll, I'll, I'll be the uh, the lone outsider. I, I'm just not huge on this guy. He's not a plus athlete. He catches the, he catches the ball okay. I mean, hey, if, right landing spot. The 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 two zero seven could be uh, an absolute steal. But I'm going back to uh, Kyle. Yeah, man. This and uh, the running back I was debating on in my last pick is still here on the board. And I guess I uh, the size doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, because I'm going to go back to uh, a short, a, a smaller back and Daryl Henderson out of Memphis. I think that uh, getting him here this late in the back half of the second round, um, I think this is a guy that has shown that he's really explosive. Now he needs those holes to be created for him. So, um, but this is a home run hitter, and we've saw that he had like eight yards of carry uh, at at Memphis, and that's crazy. So even if that production gets cut in half, he, he's still good. Um, analysis but uh i think that this this is a guy that in the right landing spot if he gets the opportunities and has a good offensive line in front of him you watch out him and singletary are very close for me two guys that 
Uh, I'll be really watching closely on day two, you know, maybe day three if they fall to see where these uh, these guys land next week. Uh, it's surprising because when we had on the fellows from the Fantasy Takeaway podcast, uh, Henderson went much earlier than this. He's a player that runs real hot or cold. You're either all in on him or you're just kind of me. He went one. He went one. Was it one overall? So that that was one of those ones that was interesting. Damn. But 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 again, if that's that if that's your guy, that's your guy. My guy is a guy that's creeped up on on my draft board, and I mentioned him earlier. I wanted to go someone else. Maybe I'll mention him as like some uh, some near calls. Uh, at the end, but I'm going to go Marquise Hollywood Brown. If I can get him here at the two zero nine, a guy that very well could have first round NFL draft capital behind him. Uh, I'd love to see him with a, with a big armed quarterback. That that would be awesome. Not the biggest guy, but we've seen with the, the rules favoring offensive players and now pass off uh, pass interference is going to be reviewable. Defensive backs will be a lot less likely to grab this little guy and try to put hands on him. So I would love to get Marquise Hollywood Brown at the two zero nine. So Jerry, for your last pick, who you got at two ten? Oh, that makes it tougher because I've been going pretty straightforward with my rankings because I did a super flex mock on there and I've been trying to keep with that. I'm not going to do it this time. Alexander Madison, running back, Boise State, from the blue field to your hearts, ladies and gentlemen. He just wow. I I just like watching him. And Boise wow. State produces good running backs. Wow. I'm gonna go with him. <laughs> Other than I, I damn it, Seth. That's why we can't have nice things. Hey, you started this. Yes, I did. But I am the child of this group, so that's what happens. But yeah, Alexander Madison, dude can catch it. Dude can lower the boom. I know that's the second time I've said it, but he can. He's just he looks good when he plays. Every time you watch him play, he does the right move. I'm gonna take him at 210. Be pretty happy about it. He's he's a sneaky guy. He ends up in a good spot. You're gonna see him going in your first round. I promise you. Uh, if, if he gets a, a a round three draft capital, I don't think that that's far fetched. But that that was name I was not expecting to hear. James, for your last pick, do you have another name that I wasn't expecting to hear? Yeah, I think I might. You know, I look, it, it's it, this is a tough spot for me because I had just mentioned how Irv Smith Jr. was one of those guys that was moving up my draft board, right? And I'm going to be a huge hypocrite because I'm not going to take him. Um, I, another guy, I, 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 I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. And uh, I'm going to do that just because, look, it's super flex. I, I feel like Daniel Jones is going to be a late first or an early second round pick. I think the draft capital is going to warrant um, him getting some playing time early. I think this is a spot where I can take a, a flyer on a guy who I'm a little higher on than the consensus is, and I think he's going to get opportunities sooner rather than later. So in a super flex, give me Daniel Jones. I'll 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 jump on that uh, on the grenade for everyone else. I'm sure is uh, Scott what they're <laughs> thinking here. Well, I I think Daniel Jones is a good pick because I think he's going to be another first round quarterback. I, I've seen him mocked at 117 to the Giants. So if that happens again. Uh, he may get a sit for a year. Another guy like Will Greer that, you know, a year behind a, a decrepit corpse of Eli Manning uh, wouldn't be the worst thing for Daniel Jones to continue his development uh, as a quarterback. And Seth, bring us home with the 212 of this Superflex rookie mock. Yeah, I don't understand this. So I in this draft, I've gotten everyone I've want, like the first pick. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. 
I, yeah, something, something is wrong here. Humble I don't know. No, no, no. I'm like, just so good at drafting. No, no, no. I like, I, I, I need to revalue uh, who I like here. I, maybe Boykin was too high or something like that, but I'm going to go with a running back in, in Damian Harris uh, out of Alabama that he has, you know, uh, Travion Williams and all these other running backs. Uh, I think that he's, he's, he's just, he's fine. He's got a, he's not a fantastic receiver, but he can catch the ball. Like this is a Jordan Howard type of player. I think Uh, it's it's this draft class, dude. Like there are still so many guys on the board where you're just like, is there that much of a difference between the guy that was just picked one round before? Like it just doesn't seem like there's that drop off and maybe it's just because the top isn't so heavy. But yeah, I'm staring at some of these guys that are still left, and I'm like, holy crap, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad I went with uh, with Boykin earlier then, because I really like uh, what Boykin's upside is, and I think Damian Harris is perfectly fine here. And I have the one oh uh, the three one and the three two, like guys that I really wanted to pick. Yeah, uh, th- throw out a couple of names: Jazz Ferguson. Ja- but, ja- uh... Jazz Ferguson at three oh one. Who who would be your three oh two? Yeah, throw out a couple of names real quick, Seth. Uh, just a couple of names for people to write down. Uh, so the first, uh, I'm kidding about Jazz Ferguson. He's a super low tier <laughs> wide receiver that you don't Undraftable need to worry about. I've got him at wide receiver 21. If that says anything, there, yeah, you that, there you go. There you go. Uh, so you don't need to worry about him in your rookie drafts probably. Uh, but the guy that I do want to talk about is the, um, is a future Chicago bear and that's Jalen Hurd. He's a former running back, uh, that is converted into a wide receiver, but he's, he was a five-star running back recruit. And everything, all the experts that we've brought on to our show that have talked about Jalen Hurd and just what his playing style is and everything about him uh, just screams the Chicago Bears offense and Ryan Pace. So I am excited to see where Jalen Hurd goes, and I think that he could be a value in the third, fourth round of your rookie drafts. Interesting fact about Jalen Hurd, he has two different size hands. Saw that at the Combine. Nine and six-eighths on his left, ten and uh, a quarter on his right. That is Jerry weird. Bringing the, the hand stats. You, you don't think Jerry's not doing his homework? You are kidding yourself, <laughs> Kyle. Any anyone that that you would have you know, like a name or two you'd throw out there just as uh, guys to keep an eye on? Oh man, uh, my boy Manuel Hall is still on the board. Uh, you got and and Irv Smith, the other guy that I, I kind of like with some uh, depending on landing spot. I think he's kind of like uh, Hollywood Brown light, just a little bit. Paris Campbell, man, I, I think he's somebody that he's he's gonna have the opportunity. Fantasy value, but if you're looking, I'm glad he just made it this far. I think after the third round, you can start taking those kind of flyers. Um, there's some running backs that are still left that are just, you know, not that Harris was a bad pick, but you talk about Harris or Mike Weber. There's some guys that are kind of just like, just eh, yeah, they'll, they'll probably be good, right? But you know, if you want to take them, some flyers, Campbell, somebody that I love in the third, you know, uh, Jerry, a name or two. Uh, he said Mike Weber. So he was on my list. Mike Weber, LJ Scott, Benny Snell. Any of these guys have early draft capital. They skyrocket up sure. much higher yeah. than where we have them. JJRC, go white side. Is Dang it. Guy. You sorry stole to, sorry mine, to take all the names. Son but, of a biscuit. All right. But I mean, it, it, cause if he ends up in the Patriots, Oh, Randy baby. Oh, that'll be glorious. <laughs> you guys, you guys see what I have to deal with. I get called baby and he takes my player. James, any, right. any, anybody, uh, of note you want to throw out there? Yeah, just a couple guys. Uh, Greg Dortch is a guy that I like an awful lot. Um, same thing with Keyshawn Johnson. These are guys that uh, Johnson didn't really 
didn't really help himself much at his pro day, but uh, but he's a guy who I, I really like on film. But uh, one of the names that was already mentioned, I just kind of want to uh, go into a little bit, is Benny Snell. I really like Benny Snell, man. Watching him run, I mean, he's a two-down back, so you know you're, you know he has limited upside. But, man, the guy's always falling forward. He runs so hard. He reminds me of Kareem Hunt when I watched him on film a little bit, obviously without the pass-catching ability. Um, so that's a big part of what Hunt does. But just his running style, uh, I really like Benny Snell. I think if he gets – in, in the right landing spot or the right situation, he's a guy that can move up my draft board a lot. All right. And John? Uh, I've got a couple quarterbacks, I guess, real quick for you. Um, first of all, Tyree Jackson. I mean, especially somebody's going to fall in love with a six foot seven quarterback who can run. And uh, so, I mean, this is all landing spot dependent, and I'm kind of making some assumptions, but I think that's a great one. And then uh, Jarrett Stidham, when, uh, when the New England Patriots draft him to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. All right. Well, Jerry stole that, mine. That'll and, set Twitter on fire, just uh, for the record. <laughs> and uh, J- Jerry stole mine and J.J. Arcega Whiteside. I almost took him where I took Hollywood Brown. I mean, this was a guy who didn't do any of the, the metric statted things, like the three-cone or the 40 at the combine, but he did him at his pro day. Uh, ran like right out of four five forty for a man of his size. Love the way he high points the football. Could be a really nice grab for an NFL team. And I'll tell you, Andy Isabella, yes, yes. He, he is incredibly fast. But you know what? He's more than just a fast guy. So um, he, he's actually your classic Patriot, in, in my opinion. And then Justice Hill, he went in the second round of some of the previous rookie mocks that we did. So uh, I just want to take a second because this episode is running just a tad long. Uh, I want to thank Seth and Kyle, the fellas. They drop every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Seth, Kyle, anything that I missed? No, man, we just wrapped up our draft prospecting series. We've had uh, five great guests on already on tomorrow, Thursday, the seventh, or was that the 18th? Uh, we have, uh, we're wrapping up with our sixth and final guests, and we're looking forward to just uh, continuing to drop two episodes a week all off season, man. It was good to uh, be back on here. We got to have you guys on our show sometime soon. Yeah, man, it, it, it's great to catch up with you guys. It's just, uh, I, I, I love, this is the, the, the positive side of draft Twitter is that you have the opportunity to, to meet so many you know awesome people. And I, I could have you guys on every single week, but I will also tell you it's great to, as the host myself, now I, I know I was on with these guys before when John and MJ were here, but it's great to be back on with John and James. So uh, I'll, I'll throw it to John first, then James. Uh, anything you want to tell us about the Superflex Super Show, the DLF Family of Podcasts, anything? The we we actually have a pretty big announcement that we made last week on our uh, on our dual episode, and uh, we're we're gonna be going live during the draft. We're gonna uh, we're gonna record live on uh, on YouTube uh, throughout the first round, and then we'll start again during the third round on day two. And uh, after the draft wraps up um, on uh, on day three, we're gonna go live again and do a quick mock draft. We're we're working on bringing in a ton of guests. Um, we're not going to drop any names just yet because uh, um, it's a it's superstition, call it. Um, but yeah, I mean that's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be our first opportunity to really interact one on one, or you know, interact in person with uh, with some of our listeners with that uh, that chat thread going on YouTube. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited about that, and uh, love to have everybody tune in. And uh, uh, beyond that, guys really appreciate the uh the opportunity to come on the the war zone and 
and reconnect with the fellas and and just a all-around good time here james anything to uh, wrap us up no i mean john said everything we're really excited about that draft special but uh, i do want to take a second to thank you guys uh randy jerry thank you guys so much for having us back on I, I i've been such a fan of of what you guys do in the dynasty war zone for a long long time and i i always appreciate coming on with you guys so thank you guys again for having us Nope. Thank, thank you guys for coming on. And I'd offer to be on that, uh, that live YouTube gimmick, but, uh, it would be awkward to be recording a podcast live as I'm watching Avengers Endgame. Uh, my fellow movie patrons might, uh, <laughs> might cuss me, but then again, they might have a thought on who, uh, who the Colts <laughs> took at 26th here in Indianapolis. So listen, on behalf of Jerry, myself, we want to thank these guys for tuning in with them. Make sure you check out the fantasy football fellas, the Superflex super show. And, uh, on behalf of Jerry, We're just trying to make the world a better place to fantasy football. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. See you.